Hey guys, welcome to Unpacking Design. I'm Mike Lavalley. And Tim Ung, and this is a show where we tell you about products and ideas that relate to designers all over the world. Hey guys, welcome back to Unpacking Design. Today's topic relates to something that we talked about earlier in our episode about our goals for 2019. So today, Mike, we're gonna unpack focus. Okay. I think this is a very important mm -hmm. one. So this is something that's been on my mind for a very long time, and it's one that I'm constantly trying to work on. It's actually something that I have this uh, weird habit for doing, you know? Like, I'm always questioning the things that I do every day and how to do it better and more efficient. Now, to, bef to preface this conversation, you are probably one of the most focused people that I know. <laughs> so. It's probably because I practice it, right? Yeah. And even though you might think I'm good at it, and you might see it from your perspective, to me, I always feel like I could do better at it, right? And the reason why this topic came to mind was I started reading Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. Yep. And I skipped ahead to the chapters because that's how he tells you to do it. You skip to the chapter that you really want to read. And I, I actually like that about the book. You don't need to start from the beginning of this 800 or 700 yeah. page book and work your way to the end. You could flip around and find either people you want to read about or you can start in one of three sections. Um, there's a section about health, a section about wealth, and a section about... Fitness? Maybe? No, it wasn't fitness. Uh, wisdom or wise or something like that. And I started off with the section about wealth, not uh -huh. because I want to be wealthy in terms of finances, but because I think it's actually focused around wealth of information from people who know a lot about either finances, sure. uh, starting businesses, entrepreneurship. So once I skipped to that chapter, he interviews a lot of, like the people he interviews. I don't even know how he knows these people, but like Tony Robbins is a good friend of his, so he, he's in that chapter. Yeah. Um, Matt Mullenweg is in that chapter too, and he's the founder of WordPress. He like wrote all of that out, and it's a free platform to use. Yep. And then there's also Seth Godin in there too, and all of these people, and Casey Neistat, and you know a lot of yeah, famous yeah. people. So when you read about their stories, and and he's basically like cutting his interviews down, his like one to five-hour interviews down to maybe four or five pages max from what I've seen so far, which is hard to distill those interviews to five pages. Now, in terms of the formatting, because he has his own podcast, yeah. this is the book where he took those podcast interviews and essentially turned them into chapters or That's right. Or components, so right? he interviewed these people on his podcast, The Tim Ferriss Show, I think it's called, The Tim yeah. Ferriss Podcast. Yeah. And um, he, t he takes those interviews that are long-form interviews and he e extrapolates in important information based on these three themes. Yep. And in one of them, they talked a lot about um, how to get yourself on the right trajectory. So how, to, how, how do these people who have started companies worth billions of dollars now, how did they start and what did they learn along the way? Sure. And it, you know, he asked them questions like, if you could give yourself advice when you were 30 years old, what would you tell yourself? And the reason why I think it's important is I'm constantly focusing on things in my life, trying to get to that next goal, right? The next level, the right. next whatever. And I, each time I define it, it's always based around a vision that I have of my future. And it used to be based around a role. It used to be like, oh, I'm a licensed architect. What do I want to do in the future? I want to be a great architect, right? right. Okay, that's, that's great, I can say that. But if you're gonna work towards it, what if you start to feel yourself splitting? So you don't want to just do architecture. You don't want to just be the person going out and doing construction or whatever. And you want to get into, you want to dabble a bit in, let's say, 
uh, product design like I am or web design like you are sure. or fashion design or graphic design that we both have been doing. And even things like getting into brand, like learning how to build a brand. And what came of one of the chapters is, is one of the interviewees said that it's better to not spend all your time focusing on trying to do all these little goals that we have because typically speaking, the average population that he's seen between the ages or below the age of 35 typically focus on too many things at once. Like we want things, but we want it now. And we don't know how to stretch that over a long period of time, right? right? So when we talk about the things we want to do and the things we want to attain, we try and attain all of them simultaneously. We want to run a 5K in 15 minutes, right? We want to right. do that alongside of building a business, alongside of working full time, alongside of having a family. Yeah, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm almost positive you know what this quote is going to be. And I don't know if it's attributed to him or not, but I remember Tony Robbins saying on a podcast once, like, people um, overestimate what they can do in a year, but underestimate what they can do in a decade. That's right. And That's exactly it. And I feel like that is important because when you really step back and think about it, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean it makes sense because, but like you said, everybody's so worried about getting stuff now that if I told you that 10 years from now you could have it, but you had to spend 10 years to get there, you know, would you accept that? That's right. And this is, a, it's a very important one because you and I both juggle a lot of things all the time. And even though it seems like, yeah, I'm pushing the needle forward on all these things at once, when I read that, it, it hit me because I was like, you know, if I could just focus, instead of focusing on these 10 things, if I could focus on two, right, two career-related things or my, like, job or whatever, if I could focus on two things, how far would I be able to push that if I didn't have to focus on the remaining eight? Sure. And when I thought about it, I realized I could do a lot more. I could learn a lot more too. I could really like focus in and, and get more done. But ultimately it's based on the person. Like if you are someone who needs to do a lot all the time, maybe that's just how you are. For me, it's a lot about picking and choosing those one things that I can just do forever. And then in relation to this, something that Seth Godin said in his interview that, that really struck me was, he said, or at least Tim was paraphrasing and like talking about yeah, yeah. Seth Godin. And he said that Seth Godin has a blog that everyone knows about online. If you Google Seth, his blog will come up as the first, the first hit in most cases. I don't know if that's changed. Well, when you get on his blog since 2003 and up to the point where Tim Ferriss wrote this Tools of Titans book, he's written about 6,500 posts. And out of those posts, he's never actually went on to Twitter or anything like that and shared thoughts and ideas. He's just pushed his blog posts to those platforms. And by doing that, Seth Godin doesn't waste his time by going on platforms and trying to accumulate followers right. and trying to reach out and make himself an influencer or make himself look like one. Instead, he just puts his content out there and he just does his best to write the best content that he could. And his followers have grown. It's just constantly growing. Sure. He's written, I think, over 28 books at this point, And most of them are bestsellers, too. Do you, so, think, do you think that the, we're kind of blending here a little bit, but yeah. in terms of the focus that he has, um, because his, his blog is every day, or mm -hmm. I mean, it's thoughts that he has every day. I still, yeah. to some degree, I don't know how he does it because, I mean, maybe you just get into the, the rhythm at some point. Yeah. But 
to have these profound thoughts every day and to have them be consistent, I mean, do you feel like part of the sort of, I don't know, sibling to focus is consistency? It's consistency, but to rephrase it, I think it's that he's doing it. Yeah. He's always doing it. And it's become a practice and a habit. So for Seth Godin, every morning he has the same habit. He has the same breakfast. He has the same, you know, everything is like down to the point where he doesn't need to think about certain things anymore. And also he's written so many blog posts that now he has that down to a a practice. Sure. And because he has that, that's kind of where, where the chapter was going when he was interviewing Seth Godin. It was trying to reveal the fact that for Seth Godin, he's not wasting his time on a platform trying to do something that he doesn't want to do. Right. Instead, he's spending his time practicing the things that he's good at doing. And by doing that, his followers will grow. And he, he said something similar with, with Casey Neistat, too. So anyway, the reason why I thought this was an important one to talk about is we're starting a new year soon. Sure. And we're going to have to refocus. And we're going to have to stay focused on certain things. Now, it's hard because as this year comes to an end, you start to lose focus. I don't know if you're that way too, but like a part of you is like, oh, it's a holiday time of the year. You can spend all of this time with your family. You want to have this, a few moments at home where you just do nothing or you yeah, just yeah, kind of sure. hang out. And then from that moment onward, you have to refocus. So for you at this point in the year, we're in December, mid-December, how does the rest of this year usually play out for you? You know, when as you end it for the <clears> next 16 days? Um, it gets a little bit... It gets a little bit hectic because I think I overestimate how much time I'm really going to have. Yeah. Because uh, we were just talking about before we got on the podcast, but I'm taking, I always take the last half of December off. Yeah. It's like this tradition that I've started for myself that I probably started like five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, inevitably, every year, I don't imagine this happening, but it always happens. Um, there's parties, mm-hmm. there's get togethers. There's um, kind of obligations to uh, just attend things mm-hmm. or or reach out in certain ways that just take time. It's not that I don't want to do them. It's just that, like, I forget that there's a reason why I, in some ways, have the time off in the first place. Yeah. And in my mind, sometimes I uh, jump the gun and assume that I have, like, those two weeks just to do whatever I want. Yeah. And it's not really the case. So I think for me, um, I actually see this as a as a great opportunity, though, in the time that I do have to sort of check out a little bit, to relax, but also to um, to assess sort of what happened this year or what I'm going to do next year. And the one thing that I have learned is that, like, I don't try to I don't try to set too many goals at this point for next year that are going to derail me. Um, Like an example that most people have is losing weight, you Mm -hmm. know, trying to get fit, trying to get, you know, uh, get to a a goal, ideal version of themselves physically, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I, and this kind of relates to more of your Seth Godin comment, is I've just tried to create more habits um, to establish that I go to the gym every other day. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even matter what I do necessarily as long as I show up and do it. And because I'm able to put those aside, there's still I still have goals that I want to attain fitness-wise, but they're more... I've, I've 
allow them to be more long-term things for mm -hmm. myself. So that allows my brain to sort of focus a little bit more on things I want to do for um, for my side hustles or you know things that we've talked about before. And I take this time really to I love brainstorming. I will take a an eight and a half by eleven clean sheet of white paper and just start marking it up and thinking about what I can do and whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, it results in nothing. Sometimes it results in uh, an important project that I want to pursue. Mm -hmm. um, I think the problem that we've talked about that I have in particular is that I lose focus when, not in the planning of a goal, but when something cool comes up mm -hmm. in the middle of the year, when you're just <laughs> like, and it, you're just blindsided by this thing that you could do. Yeah, what if I just did that thing? You mm -hmm. know, like it. There's no way to explain it other than like an opportunity drops in front of you, and in some ways you see it as like the shiny new thing. Like oh, it's right there. Like why don't I just do it? You know. Mm -hmm. And then you. I don't know if if this happens to you a lot, it, but like I don't have a good gauge on whether or not that opportunity is really an opportunity or just something that's a distraction. Yeah. I, I think you're, you have a really good point about the habits side of things because for, fo for me, the whole, the whole idea of this podcast episode about focus is that to focus, you just need to have a good habit. Sure. And you have to build that over time. It's not something you build over a week. Like whenever New Year starts, the gym is a good one because the New Year starts, how many people sign up for a gym membership? Everyone. Right. How long do they sign up for? The whole year because they know they're telling themselves in their yeah. head, I'm going to come for the whole year and I'm not going to miss a day. A week goes by, most of those people stop coming because it snowed or because it rained or they just, they have other obligations. Yeah, I mean, you get to February, I mean... The, then the gym's back to what it was. <laughs> the gym is literally back to what it was in November. Yeah, and so for me, it's, it's really important to build <clears throat> habits. Um, the other thing I... I I think you were getting at it with um, your last comment, you know, when you see something coming up, what do you end up doing? Right. Right. And to me, I think it's also related to ideas. That's kind of what you're talking about. Like yep. you come up with this great idea and you're like, I could pursue that idea. Yeah. Well, what about whatever you were just pursuing? I used to be just like you. I used to say, well, that's a great idea. And then I was working on like five 30 by 30 projects in the same time. Yep. Now it's like, I kind of just let the ideas go. Or I write it down and then I just forget it. Yeah. And if I keep thinking about it, I'll pursue it. Like one idea I had today just sitting here with you was we were talking about Evolving Architect and how you want to build it and you want it to be this platform for teaching and you know mm -hmm. so on and so forth. Well, we both have a blog about architecture and we're both doing kind of the same things. Right. So I was like, why don't we just merge the two blogs and stop this like individual thing of us doing the same, this, this, putting out the same kind of information. Right. But ultimately, it's, it's not the same blog. Right. And then to coordinate that would be a nightmare. So I was just like, that's not a great idea. Let that go. And that's it. So now I'm very good at letting things go. And it took a long time to get there. Well, I think the word that comes to mind when you're talking about it that way is discipline. Yeah. Like it, it really just comes down to what do you want? And you were talking about sort of planning for your future self is like what I've been thinking about this a lot actually is like what am I doing today for my future self tomorrow? Like right. if you go back to the health analogy because it's a probably easier one for people to understand. Yeah. If you have, you know, 10 donuts each day for 
three months, future you is probably going to have more weight, mm-hmm. and gain more weight than current you, mm-hmm. right? Do you want to do that to the future version of yourself? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that people can't, you know, like, like sometimes you don't have control over some of those things, but just as a, a general analogy, like, what are you doing to benefit the future version of yourself versus right. what are you doing to potentially hurt the future version of yourself? Yeah. You know, and if you if your goal is to pursue one thing, like what are the steps that you would need to take, not even to go and achieve your goal, but what are the things that you need to think about that could start pulling you away from that goal? Mm-hmm. And how do you just not do those things? Yeah, how do you counteract it? Yeah. Well, how, how do you do it? I mean, you must always have ideas too. Um, and I know you used to chase each one. So. Yeah. I think the one thing that I do notice, um, I will try to, so like I, I still struggle a little bit with um, um, sort of like figuring out the best way to negotiate around my health and, and my fitness and try mm-hmm. to get better. Um, but the, like the one thing that I did was I just literally, I cut out soda from my life. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I miss it some days, mm-hmm. but like I haven't had soda in a year and a half. Yeah. Which, even just saying it right now, sounds crazy to me because I used to be the guy that went to like the the gas station and got one of those like big gulp type like yeah. super sodas like <laughs> once a day for like a, a really long time. Yeah, you know, and just like casually thought nothing of it. And then you start to realize, okay, well, if you don't have that thing, and you just completely cut that out, and you supplement it with like just water mm-hmm. or you know my. Honestly, my my fix right now is uh, iced tea. Mm-hmm. Is just black iced tea with with lemon flavor. You yeah. know, it's just like what what is something that's like going to help sort of supplement the craving that I had, but still be okay for me to have yeah. in instead. Yeah, I think trying to find those things as a way to kind of counteract the negative. Um, so, for example, maybe an entrepreneurial or, like, focused thing for me as a designer is, like, if I... Actually, I literally just did this yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, in my office, uh, I had this set up where my PlayStation 4 was set up connected to a TV that I have on my office desk. Yeah, this is your home office. This is my home office. Okay, I thought this is that your actual <laughs> office going to No, that'd be pretty there. awesome. That'd be pretty <laughs> awesome if it was at my normal job. Okay. So the way my setup is, I have a large table, I have a TV there as my second monitor for my my laptop mm-hmm. that I connect with like an HDMI cable. But I also use that as the computer that's connected with a second HDMI to my PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. I realized at some point that I can't go into that room without feeling somewhat compelled to play a video game. Oh. So I took that PlayStation and I put it in my living room away from the office. So now my office is like this neutral place where the only thing I would ever go into the office for is to do work. Yeah. Because I I noticed recently that I was losing the focus to, like whenever I get into the mode and I start doing work, I'm in it and Mm -hmm. and it's fine. But like getting through and to that next step to do it was a hurdle. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is, 
what is preventing me from doing this? And it's just like, um, well, the PlayStation 4 is right there, and the controller is sitting next to you. You want to play the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Um, you know, just take it out of the room. Yeah. Now, this is, this is very timely because I'm also reading... Uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Mm-hmm. I was going to pick that book up, but I I didn't pick it up yet. Um, it's really good. <laughs> okay. So everybody should go read that because this is very this is very uh, um, uh, helpful if you're looking to kind of build get, the build the habit and build the focus. Yeah. Seriously, one of the things that he talks about is literally taking things out of um, taking things that are bad away from kind of situations you might find them in or yeah. as, as a way to reinforce a positive habit. Yeah. For example, let's say you want to go to the gym mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Pack your bag and put it by the door so that you see it and you have a visual cue to mm-hmm. know that that's what you need to do. Yeah, You're more likely to pick it up and take it with you to work or like on your way to work um, than if you didn't have it there. Yeah. You know, if that's one of the things that you can do to just kind of like give yourself a cue that, hey, this is... This is a positive thing, but if you have something that's negative in front of you, take it out of the equation. Mm-hmm. I think those little tricks, um, you know, there's a lot more to the the kind of philosophies that he has, but that seemed like the most profound immediate thing that you could do mm-hmm. is like just take it out of the equation if it's bad and put it into the equation if it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of focusing on too many things, I just feel like it's so easy to say, oh yeah, I can just do whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll just make them all happen. Yeah, I'll have I'll have twenty things. You know, yeah. it's I imagine it like a uh, a chef running a restaurant where you have like <laughs> twenty different burners. That's of, so funny. I was just thinking the same example <laughs> with like different like pots that are boiling, and then like how do you control which ones are like happening at which times? Yeah. And, how do you make sure that they're all made consistently well? Like you right. can't. There's no way. It's just they just they boil over it. It just becomes a mess. Yeah. And I, I think you have really good points there. And it's good that you shared stories and examples for your per, for you personally. Because I think what I found out of that is that you're completely different than I am. In the sense that for me, I've always been very good at like identifying a, ha- a bad habit and just stopping it. You know, I didn't need to slowly wean it off or whatever, yeah. you know, like for me, coffee was one. Yeah. I loved coffee in, in school and college. And I would always get like a crazy triple shot espresso with coffee <laughs> filled up to the top. Right. Wow. That was like my college days. And right after I graduated, I was I looked at myself and I was like, why am I drinking so much coffee? Like I didn't make me obese or anything like that. It was sure. just like I just didn't see a need for it anymore. Financially speaking, it costs a lot. And personally, for me, waiting in a line at Starbucks for that every morning, it was just like, why am I doing this, you know? So I decided, I was like, no more coffee. And I just went cold turkey, no, no coffee. I haven't had coffee since, so it's been, what, three years now, four years? Five now, years, five now to, years now. now. To be fair, I, I started this with saying you're like the most focused person I know. Yeah. You're also probably the most practical person I know. <laughs> like in terms, like I don't think most people can just shut things off like that. Yeah. So I, I'm very binary. I think right. That's yeah. The, that's the thing. So when I can identify something, I'll say yes or no. Now the other part to it is the chef one that you brought up is a really good point. A lot of people, especially younger people who don't have you know, this vision or practice, right? When, sure. you, when you do something for long enough, you know how much time it takes to do. And once you identify that for the, the thing you're pursuing in your life, 
you can now relate it to time. And you're like, how much time does it take me to finish this project? How many more of these projects do I want to do? And then if something else comes up down the road, you have to have encountered it once or twice where you wasted your time, right? Yeah. In order to find out that you can't do it. So the chef one is a good is a good one because I cook a lot. I don't know if you cook a lot, but you know, I cook every day, right? Every night yeah. and every morning. And each time I do it, I know I can handle X amount of things cooking sure, at the same right, time. Right, right. Yeah. You don't want to fry an egg in four on four different burners <laughs> at the same time, trying to make each one over easy, perfect. Right. It's, yeah. One of them is going to be cooked over hard because it's going to be left too long. And that's the same as when you're trying to pursue all these things at once. You're trying to pursue this one big project, right? That's like your pot of like, I don't know, it's, it, it'll be your crispy bacon and a burger, right? Let's just put that one in, in one of the pans. And then the other one is going to be something that came up down the road. You're like, oh, yeah, you know what? It'd be great if I could have uh, sautéed onions on top of that, right? So now you put that on the next stove over. Then you, later on you think you're like, oh, I could put a fried egg over this too and just let the yolk spill over when you bite into it. Now you put that in on a back burner. And now you're cooking all three things at once. And you're like, oh, man, like how, how long does this one take to cook? What right. about those things? And if you never cooked before, each one's probably going to burn because you didn't know how long to leave it or it's going to be undercooked. Right. And so it takes time, practice, and experience to get to a point where you can cook like Gordon Ramsay. Maybe he could have 20 burners at once, right? And he'll know how to optimize each one for whatever he's cooking. I think, if, that, I think to even maybe to build the analogy, though, there is that like... For a Gordon Ramsay, each of those components has its very specific purpose That's for the right. overall vision. Right. And he already had the vision right. when he started. Right. He didn't come up with things down the road and say, oh, it'd be great if I put this on there too. Yeah. You know? And so we we can't always live a life of improvisation. Like you can't just improvise your whole life because then you get sucked into so many right. things. This analogy yeah. is getting really crazy. It is. So, no, I'm going to stop that analogy because it's already getting too crazy. And I started getting hungry. So, But it, the, that's how focus is, right? Right. When you're focusing on one thing that you always do and you always practice, you're always thinking the next step. Like you're playing chess. It's like you have five moves. You're always thinking the next five moves, the next five moves. As you get better at it, you think the next ten moves, the so next let's, 15. So let's put a wrinkle in this. So let's say, you know, we are. I think one of the reasons why we both have different focuses and we've created different sort of little projects for ourselves over time is that we're curious people and we yeah. love to learn new things. Yeah. So how do you balance, and I don't know if you have an answer for this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Yeah. How do you balance the overall vision or the overall goal that you have with not necessarily opportunities that come out at random, but being able to supplement or learn something concurrently that, or maybe you don't, but I guess the question is how do you keep growing in different ways or do you just have is it just better to I think you know what I'm getting at like yeah. like how do you have the one goal but not just be like the person who's only doing the one thing all the time yeah well for me I compare everything to the one goal and if it's related in some way and I see that it'll help that goal then I'll yeah. add it to it so what I used to do is I used to think in my head and now I do it a lot it's like if an opportunity comes up I, ha I think about how related is that to my goal? What am I going to get out of this that's related to the bigger, big, the, the bigger picture? And if there's no relationship, I don't pursue it. But if there's a bigger, big enough of a relationship, I'll pursue it. And it's kind of like the, the leather work that I'm doing. 
Yeah. How does that relate to architecture and my future as an architect? Well, I'm learning the process of making a product. I'm also learning how to make something by, by hand that's related to design. Sure. So all these things are related in some small way and form. But if it was something else that had no relationship, I just let it go. And I don't think about it anymore. Now, the, the other thing I want to start doing is I, wanna, I have a few small whiteboards, but I want a bigger white marker board where I can write down and do a binary thought set of like, this is, a, this is what I'm focusing on. This right. is an opportunity that came up. What are the pros? What are the cons? Why do I want to do this? And if I don't see any relationship, I let it go. And these are four ideas that I vetted already. That's like, in my head, I want to pursue this. Then I vet it one more time on a whiteboard, and then I either let it go on it or I pursue it. So, like, I have ideas every day. You know, we talked about starting the Stories of a Refugee's uh, blog and podcast, yep. and that's one I will eventually start. But I'm not going to start it now. Like, I know my time frame for things. And that's one that's been on the back burner for a long time. You know, yep. and every, every now and then I have an idea for it, and I just kind of pick away and add to that little bucket. But until I'm confident enough to have the time to devote to that thing sure. to get it done, I'm not going to do it. So I'd rather not have 10 half-baked projects. I'd rather have five fully baked ones. So I think the other thing that we need to talk about as maybe a bookend to the conversation is timing of the goal. So like if, if, if you're focusing on something, I think it's important to know that like, you might have a vision for something, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the rest of your life. Right. Because I think, um, so for example, if you go back to your um, example that you had where if you want to be a good architect, then you have to pursue things that make you a good or architect over time. Right. If, that, if that's your vision for what you want to be. Yeah. Um, but you might say, okay, um, I'm going to do... Um, maybe being a good architect means launching your own firm, mm -hmm. you know. And once you do that and you've established yourself, there's, there's nothing saying that you couldn't assess at that point, sort of like what you're talking about with your marker board, mm -hmm. that there's a new goal or a new vision statement for either the, your life or a major thing mm -hmm. that you're interested in. So, like, let's say you establish yourself as a great architect and then you want to be... Um, I don't know. It could be something completely different. You want to be a great painter, mm -hmm. you know, and you sort of get the uh, the business that you've established. You give it to other people, and it becomes autonomous, and you move on. Yeah. And you just learn how to be a great painter, mm -hmm. and you uh, decide that you're going to, you know, put on a show for your friends or whatever, mm -hmm. and you're going to establish that. I mean, I, th I feel like. People can do as many things as they want to. It's just a matter of the one thing at a time. Like I wouldn't suggest to somebody that try to be a great architect and be a great painter at the same time mm -hmm. because it's two different types of skill sets. They might blend with each other, but it's not it's not the same thing. Right. Um, it might not even have to be something with the arts. It could be something like. Um, uh, uh, you want to travel the world, mm -hmm. you know, like maybe that's something that you do as a, um, you have a goal to go see five or six countries, yeah. you know, maybe that's a goal that you set for yourself over five years, yeah. you know, and it becomes a thing where you're, 
I just don't want people to think that like if you if you get locked into one thing and you have that focus, that it can't be something that doesn't have an end. I feel like at some point you need to assess with yourself like what is what is the benefit that you're getting out of the focus? Yeah. And like what are you once you've achieved it, how do you know and how do you pivot from there into something else that you're yeah. interested in? And I, I think it's a good point to end on because one of the things that came up from the Tim Ferriss book that I was reading is this idea that you should never be afraid to close your book on one ch- or to close the chapter right. on one part of your life and begin the next. But you need to have given that one chapter enough time to determine it to be something that sure. you want to pivot and switch. Yeah. You know? So I think ultimately to stay focused is to build a good habit yep. and have this good habit, but never be afraid to let something go. Like don't hold on to something just because you think, oh, I spent a month on it. I got to keep going. Like if it really isn't for you, stop doing it and just move on. Yeah. So, all right, guys, thanks for joining us today. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Unpacking Design. And you can uh, check us out anytime at the unpackingdesign.com website. And you can also find us on iTunes and anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. Please remember to leave a review and share this podcast with someone you know.